This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Joining us to talk all things Southampton is Steve from the Totally Saints podcast. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi. Yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, been a been an interesting weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it has. We're we're new to this. You're our first um, live preview guest, so this is going to go horribly wrong for us, but I'm sure um, it will be fun. Hopefully. Steve, I should just warn you, this is not going to be as professional and as slick as the podcast that you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's your, your first trip to Home Park since Ricky Lambert promoted you um, and, and relegated us. We won't talk about that. Uh, back in 2011, I assume you're looking forward to the return to Home Park? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly wildly different circumstances, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's been... It's been an interesting uh, 12 years or so in in between, probably for both clubs, really. Um, I mean, obviously, we've both both kind of gone to the opposite ends of the Football League and and uh, here we are meeting back in the middle again, um, where, yeah, you've you guys have obviously built yourself up a little bit of momentum. And uh, we've we've kind of just just had that that sort of horrible little fall from fall from grace after a few a uh, few too many mistakes, which uh, I think. To be honest, club clubs of our size, you're always you're always only one one bad transfer window away from uh, from being in that position. So uh, here we are. It's it's kind of our our turn, I think. Talking of transfer windows, obviously Will Smallbone could be ruled out of injury, whilst obviously James Ward-Prowse and Lavia are off. Um, Flynn Downs might be coming in the door, but this might not be the time to play us. Right, a bit of a midfield crisis brewing. Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean, our our midfield certainly for the first hour. Um, yesterday against Norwich was um a bit of a sieve, to be honest. Um, Norwich kind of ran right through us until we brought um the youngster Shay Charles, another 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 one of the lads we've signed from uh, Manchester City's academy. Um, before he came, he came on and he steadied the ship a little bit. He's he's going to basically play the Lavia role for for this season, I imagine. Um, look look. Certainly looked the part yesterday, um, kind of steadied the ship for us and and ensured that we were able to at least get um, get out of the game with a point, um, which is fairly wild given that we scored four goals. You shouldn't shouldn't really be in this in the discussion, should it? But um, I think midfield wise, yeah, I mean, Smallbone being out would be would be a miss. I think um, he's he's looked good the first first few games. Uh, this season and and throughout pre-season really um he's kind of that the sort of metronome player who who just kind of keeps everything everything ticking over he's perfect for for the russell martin style of um style of play um he kind of he doesn't do an awful lot spectacular but he's he's just that guy that opens up new passing angles and just is able to to sort of switch the um, the sort of direction of play really quickly um it's just really useful um so yeah we'll we'll miss that i think if if as suspected he's unavailable um on saturday but 
um i think we've we've got options uh we've still got Stu armstrong who um who was who was decent first half saturday faded a little bit second half because he's he's not been not been playing that regularly um in preseason um and charlie alcaraz who is kind of the unsung player who I mean, we only signed him in January from from Argentina, but he was one of the few players that actually stood out in that um, god awful second half of the season last season. Um, and quite frankly, we're surprised there's not been a raft of clubs lining up to sign him. We're obviously happy that that's the case, but um, he's the, he's the guy that's that's kind of the link between the midfield and the attack. Really, he's the the one of the three midfielders who's likely to get himself on the score sheet. Um, and then we've we've obviously then got the front three, which could be could be interchangeable. I'd imagine Sam Adozi probably also misses out Saturday. He went off injured right at the start of the second half yesterday. Um, but that just means what we'll probably do is we'll shift Adam Armstrong out to the to the uh, wide left position, and Shea Adams will start. Um, those two have got five goals in the two games so far. So I th- I think we're probably covered well enough. Um, I mean, it's not the first choice eleven that, that we would want to pick, I imagine. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, we we came down with a squad of about thirty-four players, um, and we've not sold that many yet. So, at the end of the day, if you can't put a half-decent eleven out on the team from a squad that theoretically think they're Premier League footballers, um, then I mean, you've got you've probably got more serious problems. Yeah, you mentioned it slightly there. Obviously, judging by the the highlights of your four four draw with Norwich at the weekend, you, you're looking a bit frail at the back. Obviously, your defence is now captained by um, former Argyle player Jack Stevens. Sorry, just want to get that in there. Um, are you worried about us exposing you at all? Uh, terrified, yes. Um, but from what from what Joe's told me um, from earlier, um, that might not be an issue from set pieces. Um, by the sound of it, your your record from attacking set pieces isn't particularly great. So, actually, we might get away with it because um, that ultimately crosses into the box is our is our problem. I think we can we can generally cope with um, teams that want to play kind of through the channels and and play in front of us. Um, but it's the it's the sort of round the back, sort of behind the fullbacks. Um, and crosses into the box, particularly from corners, that that's been our undoing so far this season. And it's, I mean, we've, I think, when we when Norwich scored their third um, just before half time yesterday, I think, including the Gillingham game, we'd then conceded seven goals from um, from eight shots on target, um, wow. which was, yeah, is obviously a slight concern. Um, but yeah, it's. At the end of the day, we're a team that's not been very good at defending for a long time. So people are putting it down to the system, but I don't think it's really that. I think it's individuals not being good enough. And we're not a big team. Um, we've only got our two centre-backs are 6-1 and 6-2. Um, the full-backs are both 5-6, five, 5-7. Six, five, so there's not, a, there's not a huge amount of height in there. I think um, Charles is quite is quite big. I think he's about 6-3. And Shea Adams is, I think he's 5-11, but he's got a good leap on him. He's good in the air. So I think if those two are the are the guys that come in for the two likely injuries, um, then all of a sudden we doubled our kind of aerial ability overnight. So maybe we, we kind of get away with it. But um, yeah, it's diff- difficult to predict at the moment. I think we're going to be we're going to be muddling through defensively. I think at least until the end of August, until we know exactly what our squad makeup is going to be like. 
Um, but the guy we've we've brought in about two weeks ago as our um, dedicated set pieces coach. I mean, he's got the got the hardest job in the world at the moment. I think. Yeah, obviously we're not very tall either, unless we're sending uh, Connor Hazard up for for corners, which I can't imagine we'll be putting our keeper in the box. But might might towards the end, but not 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 in the first half anyway. Um, I could be completely wrong here, but I think we managed to ruin Nigel Pearson's debut in the dugout as well as Pardew's. I could be wrong there. The one 0 win up at yours. Uh, any worries of us derailing Martin's start? Um, I I mean yes, yeah, certainly. I mean you've you've started well. Um, as I think I, I, I think I expected, um, you and Ipswich to do okay. I think, I think Ipswich weird. I mean, obviously the league table tell, obviously tells a different story, but I think Ipswich are better set up for, for this division, um, than yourselves. And obviously they've got a much bigger budget. So you would expect that. Um, but the way, the way you play should be easily transferable. I think Wednesday will struggle. Um, as the third team coming up, they looked really poor against us, and it was a bit annoying that we kind of gave them a gave them an avenue back into the game because we basically had them at arm's length for the vast majority of it. Um, but I think your your style, where you're a little bit little bit faster paced, you're you're more keen to um, to press and to make things difficult. Whereas Wednesday, we're happy to sit off um, 30, 40 yards from goal. And let us kind of pass around in front of them, and then occasionally we try and get in behind. Um, I think you'll be more proactive than that, and you'll be pushing pushing a lot higher up the pitch and and causing us causing us issues in possession. Um, but then, of course, there's a risk that that plays into our hands um, because when I mean, you compare the players man for man and a side that's relegated from the Premier League compared to a side that's promoted out of League One, there shouldn't be any competition. Um, really but I mean obviously football's not football doesn't work that way and you could end up with a situation where yeah I mean if everything goes right for you we don't we don't do the basics and um and yeah we we come a cropper it's I mean it's it wouldn't even be the first time this season I mean we we obviously went down to Gillingham on on Tuesday and I mean with a with 11 changes um and I think probably six of those players won't maybe might not even play another game for us they'll probably we'll probably try and try and move a lot of those senior players on um but yeah we got we got bullied and 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 yeah end up looking um looking a bit of a laughing stock in the end um but yeah i mean we'll 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 see i i think first first 10 minutes i think i would imagine you'll be right in our faces and it will be a little bit uncomfortable and it's a case of us being able to weather that um we did we did that first five at at Hillsborough and and then suddenly worked out what we need what we kind of needed to do and got a grip on things. Um but yeah I think I think it'll be a be a similar similar situation there. Ride it out and and then hopefully impose impose your own game on onto proceedings and and hope that the that the quality kind of um wins out in the end. Um but yeah lunchtime kickoff sell out crowd I imagine and um, yeah, you've always got those intangibles that can that can throw you at any given moment. So I'm just thinking, um, Stephen, and thank you for coming on. Um, it, it, obviously, with it being such a massive um, cha- change of era, if you like, in the start for Southampton, is there any part of you that's looking forward to being in the Championship and expecting to win most weeks? Looking from the outside from Southampton into the Premier League, the kind of last few, you know, two or three seasons of of um, of Hasenhurtel, uh, of the, well, the last two seasons really became a bit stale, and then the final season 
uh, that sort of chaotic season of about you know three different managers you had, you you were constantly getting used to, to losing more than you were winning, even though you're in a lower league and, and you're away from the glamour of the Premier League. Is there any part of you that, that's excited by it and looking forward to being a team that is expected to dominate in the top end and win far more than you don't, or or does that add its own pressure? Oh, it certainly brings its own pressure. Um, I don't think anybody's under any illusions that we're going to have it easy in this division. Um, but there is that natural um, that natural thought process of well, at least we'll, at least we should win a few more games, and and it might be a little bit more interesting where we go into games as favourites rather than massive underdogs and hoping to nick something. Um, yeah, the last the last two or three years in the Premier League were pretty depressing. The num- number of home wins, I think, over three seasons, I think I can count on um, on the fingers of two hands. I think we only got ten wins in those those last three seasons maybe um certainly only two last year which was just garbage um and yeah it's been it's been a fairly soul destroying 18 months or so really um but yeah i mean at the end of the day you still don't want to be getting relegated you don't want to be down a division because of all the other stuff that 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 brings with it you you bring the natural sort of financial implications of well as a football club are we able to survive this um, because we had a, I mean, we we didn't have the biggest wage bill in the Premier League, certainly, but it was still comfortably a hundred million. Um, now, obviously, that's dropped with various um, clauses in players' contracts and other players being sold, and and this, that, and the other. Um, but we've still got, I would imagine, the third biggest wage bill, and probably second biggest, actually, probably above Leeds, I reckon, um, but behind Leicester. So you've got pressure there. You've got. Um, I mean, pressure from fans kind of almost demanding wins now um, where previously it would have been kind of turn up, turn up to games and hope for the best. But at least what we've seen in these first from these first two league games is that um, the manager has got the team playing a style that fans can get on board with. Um, that isn't, I mean, it was never going to work as a um, newly relegated Premier League club to play kind of reactive football like we like we've been doing for the last sort of three or four years in the Premier League because as as the club coming down you're expected to dominate the ball um and actually getting in a manager that is going to fully embrace that and actually wants to wants to have the football all the time um I think that that works really well as long as you've got players who are willing to buy into it fortunately we seem to have at least 11 who are who are who are well on board um, some of the guys that played at Gillingham probably less so. Um, so as a result, they're not going to get many minutes. I wouldn't have thought. But um, I think going forwards, there's there's kind of attack attack minded um, football from from the team. And and I mean the reaction at full time on um, yesterday against Norwich was kind of kind of almost a standing ovation, really. Even even though we've I mean, technically, you would. I think most people would probably say we've dropped points there from from a game where I mean, Norwich were Norwich were functional, but nothing special. Um, but we've kind of gifted them gifted them at least three of those goals, I think. Um, and on another day, we we run out comfortable winners. But the the fact that the fans were kind of on board right until right until the end. I mean, obviously, getting a ninety seventh minute equaliser helps, but. In previous years, you'd have had you'd have had the ground empty on ninety three. Um, people would have been long gone because they'd just said, "Well, we're we're losing. I'm not I'm not interested." Um, 
Whereas now there seems to be that little bit of enthusiasm all of a sudden. Um, it's it's interesting, and I think that's that's one thing that's going to keep people keep people on side is the fact that I mean, yeah, we may not win every week, but if you're going to see entertainment like we saw yesterday, then okay, fine, I'm I'm in for that. That's that's all right. I can deal with it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens come sort of February March, where whether we are kind of in the mix for it whether suddenly the the kind of attitudes change if we're not winning if we're not winning a couple of games here or there um because that's when the pressure kind of really kicks in and and it's then more about more about the the result rather than how you got there um but i mean that's that's kind of 2024's problem um let's let's deal with deal with what we got in front of us and at the moment it's it's kind of fun really picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com you, you, obviously, it's it's pretty common knowledge that there's a bit of a I don't want to use the term fire sale going on at Southampton, but there's there's it's a bit of a revolving door, isn't it? As you say, you're trying to balance the books as best you can for life in the championship. Obviously, Ward Prowse has gone, Lavia. There's obviously the the talk of him going. I did see a um, article in the week suggesting that maybe Bournemouth was sniffing around Che Adams. How true that is is another thing. One thing that dawned on me without having a, a great knowledge of what's left at Southampton, I suppose, is the, is the back four. And obviously I've just been on your podcast there and you guys were talking about the the limitations, if you like, of Manning, Stevens, Bednarek and Walker-Peters. From what I could see from yesterday, there was only Lianco on the bench who could... All, am I right in saying he was the only one who's a bona fide centre-half that was on the bench? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, it was it was it was mental. We came we came into the summer with about eight centre backs, and now all of a sudden we might only have three. I was going to say, is that is that a real cause of concern when you think about how demanding and how physical the championship can be? That you're currently relying on Lianco, Bednarek, and Stevens, although they're three quality players. Um, that you know, is that an area that Russell Martin will need to address before the end of the month? Because obviously at the moment everything seems focused on balancing the books, but inevitably. Um, there will have to be additions made as well. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I would be amazed if we don't sign at least one centre back this month. Um, I saw just as just as we were recording earlier um, that it's been reported that we're supposedly in for Mason Holgate at Everton, um, which terrifies me, given that he was what f- fifth choice in that back four last season. Um, but someone's obviously seen something they like. Um and yeah, I mean they're they're obviously paid paid more um more than I am to to assess these sort of things. But yeah, I think defensively we yeah, we lack depth and given that I think both of our centre backs have been booked in both games so far. Um for varying things. Um I think there was one I think Bednarek was booked for um some sort of shoving shoving thing with um with a Norwich player yesterday but was booked for a foul against Wednesday and um kind of vice versa with Stevens he was he was involved in something on on the Friday night and and then got done for a foul yesterday so yeah we're going to pick up suspensions especially with the new the new refereeing where they're cracking down on on everything 
um, which I'm 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 fully behind. They're actually applying the laws finally. It's like it's it, I mean it's all been down down on paper for years, lads. Um, let's actually apply this now and um, and give people actually a proper game to watch. Um, but yeah, I think with likely suspension time, you're going to need four, maybe even five centre backs. Um, we've signed a lad from Arsenal. Um, can't remember, can't remember the lad's name, but he's 19, he's six foot four, and he's a centre back. So I, I mean, while he he will play for the under 21s initially, um, I would imagine he is he is kind of the the kind of the kind of kid who, if you need him for 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 one or two games here or there, and a, or a sub appearance, he's he's going to be a, a prime candidate. I would I would think because he's got the attributes um, and. Yeah, he's he's already he's already a guy that we've like taken a look, t- taken a shine to, and and brought in the door. Um, there's not a, not an awful lot of work needed on that one. Whereas I think some like we've been linked with um, one of the lads at Bristol City, um, who's um, quite tall apparently. So that that would that would work as well. But of course you're then you're then negotiating with a fellow club in the same division, and and that brings that brings its own challenges. Um, we're not just be, going to be able to walk into Ashton Gate and say, "Here's our token gesture of a of an offer." Um, why don't you let us ha- have your have your key centre back, lads? Um, I don't don't think they'll be uh, particularly appreciative of that. So yeah, you've you've got to manage the situation carefully. But I yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's a fire sale by any stretch of the imagination. These are these are players who we are holding out for big money for, um, and the fact that Ward Prowse is only going to go this week. Uh, the fact that Lavia, Romeo Lavia is probably also only going to go this week. I mean, Lavia supposedly had a bid in. I think um, we we beat Chelsea on the last day of August last season. And Lavia was so key to that game that Chelsea apparently came in with an offer of 50 million there and then. Um, he'd only played four four senior games at that point. Um, so that kind of shows the the sort of the level of the player. Um, he'd only signed for you in that window, hadn't he? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. We'd we'd literally signed him in July, um, and him being there was the sole reason that we let Oriol Romeo go to Spain, um, because Romeo wasn't going to probably wasn't going to be playing as regularly, and at his age he wanted to play, he wanted to play regular first team football, so we let him go to Girona, and all of a sudden he turns up in Barcelona's first team this season. Well, three hundred million euros release clause or something, isn't it? We, yeah, we've completely screwed that one up. That's for sure. Because um, actually, he—I mean, he, he would be perfect in in this team because he's that that sort of dominant holding midfielder who can actually pass the ball, who's got a really good technique. Um, so he, but then actually, if we kept him, we probably wouldn't have gone down. So kind of swings and roundabouts, really. But yeah, I think we've we've got top dollar for the players that we've sold so far. Mohamed Salasu, we got twenty million from Monaco. I've no idea how we got that price for him because he only had a year left on his contract, and he basically down, decided he couldn't be bothered to play after the World Cup. I think he played two games and then just decided, nah, I can't be asked for this, lads. Um, and yeah, we've some we've somehow managed to managed to squeeze twenty million out of out of Monaco, but I, I suspect that's payback for um for when they got a similar fee out of us for Guido Carrillo, who turned turned out to be um he's basically the reason we've gone down now. Um because essentially when we signed him under Mauricio Pellegrino like four years ago, four or five years ago, basically we had no money at that time. We were we were in that sort of you have to sell 
you have to sell in order to fund purchases um, mode with the Chinese owner who basically wasn't able to bring put any money into the club. And we bought him and he was terrible. And that kind of set us back and we weren't able to then buy key players in key positions for like another two years. And that was why we kind of went from being that team that was sixth, seventh, eighth in like four or five seasons in a row to then suddenly being in a relegation fight every season. Um, so that kind of shows how how badly wrong it can go, um, even just with one transfer at times. Um, but I think there'll they'll pro- there'll be probably two or three others who'll go. I, I mean, certainly Lavia and Warprouse are basically gone. Um, Armel Belakotchap supposedly linked with Borussia Dortmund, but um, I mean, given Dortmund's end of the season, I'm not sure they want sort of slightly flaky um, players in in that in that setup. Um, and I mean, Shea Adams has been linked with quite a few clubs, I think, over the summer. Bournemouth, the only side who actually put an offer in, um, which is about eight million, and, and we obviously laugh laugh them out of the room. Um, but I think Palace are Palace are possibly interested again. Everton, I mean, Everton need a striker, um, but don't don't know if they've got any money. And it's this is the weird thing that that you kind of expect these players to be linked with linked with Premier League clubs, but actually getting them getting these clubs to actually slap proper money on the table seems to be quite difficult and especially the especially those that are just out just outside the kind of sort of stable clubs that you would that you would say are kind of surefire bets, right? If I go if I sign for this club then I'm gonna be I'm I'm definitely going to be playing Premier League football for the next two or three years. I mean if you sign for Bournemouth you could easily be back in the championship next um next season. Same with Everton, same with Palace. They've all got I mean you get two or three injuries at a club of that size with with their squad depth and all of a sudden they're in a world of trouble. Um so realistically we're not I mean we're we're paying these players reasonably well. So actually they might they might all kind of think well I'll I'll, st- I'll stick it out for for a year and then see what my options are cuz Shea Adams is out of contract next summer. Um so he might be thinking well if I get if I can get 20 25 goals in a in the tack minded uh, Southampton side whether we go up or not um all of a sudden his his stock rises and there will be offers from uh from all of these clubs who don't have to pay a fee and they can then look at um giving him 40 50 grand a week where whereas now they at the moment they they're looking at a 15 million fee um but only only giving him maybe 30 grand a week so it's yeah it, it's a balancing act but i i think yeah, I think as I say, Bellacott Chapel go, uh, Lavia, Ward Prowse, um, maybe Walker Peters. Um, but it's I mean, things have gone very quiet on him, which I find strange given that he was literally in the England squad last season. Um so yeah, I mean other than that, I don't really think there's an awful lot of players who Premier League side Premier League side should want, personally. Um I mean, after last season quite frankly i'd have i'd have quite happily said now just get rid of them all um but yeah that's i mean it's not it's the end of the day it's not my money so therefore um therefore i can i can come up with these wild um wild suggestions um funny it was that simple as well yes exactly yeah i mean the end of the day we're not playing we're not playing a real life game of football manager um there's yeah there's people's livelihoods and, and all that on on the uh on the deck which is which is kind of why i was so hacked off with the 
boardroom nonsense in terms of their managerial selections last season. Um, Nathan Jones was never never up to it, and Ruben Sellers had they basically gave him gave him the job off the back of a fluke one 0 win at Chelsea, and it turned out that Chelsea weren't very good. Um, and yeah, we basically wasted two thirds of the season on two duff managers. Um, when personally, I think keeping Hasenhut win in place who'd work wonders on ba- with basically no money, um, keeping him in place, I think would have at least given us a fighting chance. We'd have got more than twenty five points, that's for sure. Well, I think um, I just wanted to pick up on um, one of the comments you made earlier. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I hope it's not because it was literally minutes ago. But um, you mentioned it was um, seven goals conceded from eight shots on target um, when when not just that went in. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to touch on um, the role of the goalkeeper in that. And it's probably something that um, didn't even enter into your consciousness when you're in the Premier League. But when Bazunu was sold after his season at Portsmouth, and he, obviously he went to you guys, there were a few comments from Argonne in terms of, oh, well, we've just had Michael Cooper in the League One team of the season, and Bazunu's gone for that money. Why aren't they going after Cooper instead? Now, hey, obviously there's there's different factors at play there with his age, his, how good it is, et cetera, et cetera. But all that you know, out of the way, we're looking at a goalkeeper who's conceded, you know, as I said, seven goals with, with, with eight shots on target. You've got, uh, I, I saw Joe Lumley was in the door uh, very recently and Alex McCarthy's still around as well, but how much confidence do you have in Bazunu as things stand? And how, I mean, it, it, is he someone you, you'd want to see in goal for your full championship season? Are, are those signings? I know Joe Lumley's on a free and Alex McCarthy is um, is in his mid-30s now, which I guess is nothing for a goalkeeper, but mm. how do you see that position going forward in the in the next few weeks and months? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you, the, the stats kind of speak for themselves. The number of goals we conceded last season and actually the the number of shots on target we conceded wasn't the highest by any stretch of the imagination. We were we were losing a lot of games to the only shot on target um, that, we, that we conceded. And some of those were... I mean, Bazunu got dropped, I think, in late March in the end, and McCarthy finished the season. Um, but, I mean, I, I would have more confidence in Bazunu than McCarthy, that's for sure, especially the way, especially in the system that Russell Martin has us playing. Uh, McCarthy is terrible with the ball at his feet. Um, and, I mean, the stats in the last year suggest he's not particularly good with his hands either. Um, but Bazunu, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the the Premier League was always going to be a hell of a step up um, from mid-table in League One with Pompey. Um, and I'm actually surprised that he got given the honeymoon period that he did, given his past. Because, um, I mean, you, you know, you guys know how, how this works. When when you sign a player who's recently been at your, your hated rivals, um, if they have a couple of bad games early on, all of a sudden it's like, no, this guy, this lad's no good, and he's, and he's, um, and he's one, one of them, one of them mob agent, agent, whatever, um, kind of coming in, coming in as a Trojan horse to to ruin everything. Um, but I mean, I've I the start of last season, I I liked a lot of what I saw from Bazunu in terms of his um, his stature, the way that he was trying to play. Uh, some of the saves he made were were excellent, but the problem. I kind of the, the problem we've had is that the guys in front of him have been 
um, about as useful as a chocolate teapot. So how much um, kind of how much blame can you put on a on a young goalkeeper? And he's what, 20, 21? And he was playing, yeah, yeah, playing playing a full season in the Premier League for a struggling team um, behind a defence that basically gives the opposition um, a free shot from eight yards. Keeper's not going to save those. You got no chance. So while Bazunu's save percentage and McCarthy's was equally awful, uh, while their save percentages were terrible, um, the number of the number of kind of savable shots that were hit at them were were relatively low I would say there were there were a handful of goals where I think Bazunu could stroke should have done better um but McCarthy only played about eight games and he probably made the same number of mistakes um so yeah I mean how much confidence do I do I have in this in the squad squad of goalkeepers not not a great deal to be honest but Bazunu is comfortably the best we have um and I mean we we paid paid the money for him from Manchester City for a reason, um, and it can't just have been on the strength of um, of a half decent season at, at Pompey. Um, so yeah, I mean it's realistically the club isn't going to unless McCarthy does um, leave. And there's been I saw some mental report yesterday from um, who's the guy at the Sun, Alan Nixon, um, suggesting that Palace want want to re-sign him because obviously Guaita has gone a bit. Um, a bit mad having lost his spot to Sam Johnston. So possibly Palace need a, need a, a backup goalkeeper in the Premier League. McCarthy's not going to play. So, and he's he's been at Palace before. Um, so yeah, I mean, if Palace are willing to give, I mean, give us any money at all, I would. I mean, I live in Croydon, so I'm I'm round the corner from from Palace. I'd happily drive down to Southampton, pick him up, and bring him home. Um, but it's. Yeah, just and pr- problem is now McCar- with Ward Prowse gone, McCarthy's our highest earner, um, and he's not pl- he's not going to play a game. It's we're just just pouring money down the drain into into his um, into his bank account. Um, there's n- the only yeah the only the only way out of that is for him to get a move that's paying him nearly as much. Um, Palace pay pay reasonably well, so I think that's that's a possible out for him if it does transpire. Um, but then if we do, we're then looking, we're probably then looking to bring in another goalkeeper having just signed one. So yeah, it's, it's not certainly not an ideal situation, um, that you want to be in when you're heavily fancied for promotion. Um, you kind of want that situation nailed down and I think it would be beneficial to Bazunu to have some competition, um, which quite frankly, he doesn't have now. Um, there is no competition in, especially in the in the Russell Martin um, pass, pass, pass system. Um, Alex McCarthy is hopeless at that. He is not going to play a game anymore. He played, he played, he played at Gillingham and was just dreadful as, as we kind of all probably expected, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I think Bazoon is number one. I've got reasonable confidence um, just on the basis that we're playing against um, strikers who don't have the, uh, quite frankly, ludicrous finishing ability of someone like Erling Haaland. Um, so, whereas we're playing against Ashley Barnes and and the like, so it's you, it's a, it's a completely different level, and I think it gives you a little bit more forgiveness. Um, strikers will miss chances; they won't punish you every time. You will get the opportunity to make saves. Um, 
and actually we will we will prevent teams from creating as many chances as 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 we might have done in the past. So I think yeah, he's at the end of the day, he's gonna be number one. We might as well get behind him. Um I'm yeah, I mean I I quite like him, but the second half of last season was a concern. Um but you know, clean slate and all that. Let's let's see how this season goes. He's he's not been at fault for any of the goals that he's conceded so far. So um for that, I kind of think, well, okay, if we can get get some sort of defensive shape sorted, um, get some more height in there, so we're not getting obviously targeted by teams um, from set pieces and crosses, then then I think I think defensively we should should improve markedly. But it's realistically that's going to be a um, last twenty minutes of the uh, transfer window. Right, we've got our six foot six centre back now. That that's us finally sorted for the season. Obviously, bringing it back to the the game, then obviously twelve thirty kickoff uh, live on the Sky Sports cameras. Um, give us a, a, a score prediction of how you think it's going to go. I mean, I think it's going to be open. Um, we're two teams that are going to want to play football. That we're not. While I mean, I think your defensive record was pretty good last season. Um, I don't think it's necessarily your your strength in that you don't play you don't play to be defensively. Uh, to be defensive you play to to go forwards and and pr- pass through the lines and, and get forward quickly um i think as a result that might play into our hands it might not i mean you you might execute everything perfectly and completely nullify every, everything we want to do and then you you possibly win the game quite comfortably um but on the flip side we should have the the better quality in certain areas and as a result that quality could that quality could or should win win out. Um, but I mean I I don't I'm not wholly confident of a win just because I think defensively we're still very much a work in progress. Um the fact that you don't have much height is is encouraging, but um I mean we've still conceded goals to five foot six uh, players in, in the not too distant past. So I still wouldn't put it past us leaving um leaving a guy unmarked on, on the penalty spot from a corner again. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it, as I say, I think it'll be entertaining. It'll be open, but um, but a draw, I think. So I'll go for three all. I think we'll take a three all against yourselves. That'll be fine. And then just for the rest of the season, how do you, how do you see yourselves finishing? Surely you've got yourself down as, as title challengers. Sort of. I think it, it basically depends on how quickly we can bed in and sort of adjust ourselves. I watched Leicester on Sunday against Coventry and they weren't they weren't particularly impressive, I didn't think, for the first 70 minutes. But they just had that little bit of quality where they could turn it on in the last 20 minutes or so. Um and Coventry took off their best player and they seeded ground quite a lot quite quickly. Um and they've gone to gone to Huddersfield and and squeezed out a tight one nil win. Whereas I do I do wonder whether we're capable of of kind of playing that sort of grub, the sort of grubby little games that, that you know, you're going to get against certain teams. Like, are we going to be able to go to Rotherham and in December, in December and play in the, play in the pissing rain and, and hope that, um, hope that you don't get done by the third long throw that they put into, put into your six yard box. Um, that's the, that's the kind of challenge that I'm not, not wholly convinced we're, we're ready for yet. Um, so yeah, come, come the end of the transfer window, we'll have a better idea, but I think if we can get a little bit more strength in, um, particularly in defensive areas, 
um, but also quite also a big centre forward, I think, would be a big but mobile. So someone like, I mean, the obvious name is Joel Pirot from Swansea, um, who obviously knows the Martin system, proven at this level in the last two seasons with, what, 41 goals, I think, um, would be perfect. But our dealings with Swansea are probably going to be a, going to be a bit of a challenge, um, given what happened in the summer. Um, so I'm not... Yeah, that's, that's still not resolved, is it? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I I don't understand why we're why we're pushing the argument. It's it seems fairly clear to me that we we approached him whilst we were still a member of the Premier League. We we were still playing Premier League games. I mean, yes, we'd been confirmed as relegated, but um, I mean, for me, we were a member of the, member of the Premier League at that time, so therefore we should be paying Premier League compensation. I think that's the that's just the right thing to do. Um, but if, but as as I said earlier, it's not my money. Um, the pe- the people whose money it is are kind of trying to put their foot down and and um, and take a hard business approach to it, which which they're absolutely entitled to do. Um, yeah, just I, just from an ethical perspective, I'm I'm not wholly com- wholly comfortable with with what we did there. But um, I don't thing is I don't even think that the amounts are that different. We're sort of quibbling over about half a million quid, and and yet we've we've handed over ten and a half million pounds to Man City for Shay Charles. Mm. Um, it's like why why are we why are we arguing over this? Just just get it paid and and let everyone move on with their lives. Yeah, that that would be the best best scenario. Uh, before you go, uh, Stephen, obviously again, thanks for jumping on. Where can people find your output, your content? Um, so we are on um, all of social media as uh, Total Saints Pod. Um, on yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, I think, for all the computer gamers. Same handle everywhere. Um, and also on uh, Patreon, um, which is patreon.com slash, I think that one's Total Saints Podcast. Oh, brilliant. Thanks for that. Um, safe journey down to Home Park if you're coming and, and hopefully be a good game. Yeah, looking forward to it. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Thank you. Cheers. That's the end of another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Before you go, please make sure you drop us a review on whichever podcast platform you are using and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Argyle Life 1886. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.